magical place we could go. So close your eyes and make a wish for the skies with the angriest, flappiest birds and the seas with ridiculous fish. The Dutch Arcade Show is here again. Hey guys, what is up and welcome to the Touch Arcade Show, episode number 492. Well, I'm tired already because we just talked about a whole lot of crazy stuff in the pre-show. Fast food and coffee and um, yeah. I have a bit of a a blast from the past for you on... um, Let's do this. Something showed up on my Facebook memories today. I'm trying to, <gasps> Ooh, trying to find it Facebook. Um, shit, it was, where was it? It was like really a very long time ago. Uh, <laughs> one second. I should have had this pulled up. Okay. Yeah, you were, you were blowing it. All right. Okay. So nine years ago today, Brad. Hey, we should set up a Touch Arcade Minecraft server. Me. Okay, cool. Yeah, that sounds like fun. I'll yeah, I'll set it up. What provider you want to use? Two days later, some dude via email. Okay, a bunch of crazy shit has been happening in the cult that I'd like to report. One, <laughs> one or more people have been stealing from several chests from houses marked with owner signs. Lots of diamonds, among <laughs> other things, have gone missing from several people's chests. Uh, two, there's been a minor amount of griefing slash vandalizing going on. Maxter messed up the Brad statue, which EMT King had to fix. I remember that. The house in particular was damaged by a creeper that I didn't set off and no one admitted to doing it. I ended up using more resources to fix it. Frog Coco took over all three community homes and added them to his house. Three, a Maxter <laughs> and Frog Coco, who now seem to be teamed up, have some serious zoning issues. See below for a Maxter. Frog Coco keeps expanding and expanding his house into other people's property, trying to build a fence right up to my house to claim land without asking. And his messy <laughs> structures are blocking off a large part of the village, making it difficult to travel to other parts of the map. Four, serious threats. Frog Coco was complaining about griefing, said he'd burn the house down whoever did it. Baxter, <laughs> somewhat jokingly, somewhat not, claimed that he would destroy Swampberry's cave to make room for his new, air quotes, hotel which is completely in the way of Swampberry's home. Swampberry's is a little upset about this, to say the least. Five, someone killed all of EMT King's cows and all three of my dogs. Even though neither of the situations is okay, I especially don't see why someone would kill my dogs as they don't drop any items. I feel like it was simply to piss me off. Personally, I have reason to suspect M. Axter and Frog Coco for the majority of these crimes on the server and would like it investigated or would like to see some sort of mods to mark property slash lock chess. Thanks. Drunken hobo 69. <laughs> That's uh, so funny. I totally forgot about our Minecraft server. That was when we first started that it was super popular and there was like all sorts of that, those shenanigans going on all the time. And I remember the Brad statue getting uh, exploded, but um and then um, it got to a point where it was like there was because there was that much crap going on. It was like we can't sit around in this Minecraft server and like babysit everything. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't really know how to like set it up to like you know be moderated automatically well, that, that or anything was, like that. Yeah, that was the thing. It was like Brad. Brad asked me to set one up, and I was like, "All right, let, let's go to you know something stupid like Minecraft Server Hosting dot com or something and get, yeah. pay them ten dollars to do it." You know, so it was like yeah. 
I didn't I didn't really know how to do a lot of the stuff that probably should have been done to like no. moderate the server. But I didn't think anyone Maybe. used it. I thought it would be like, all right, yeah, we can have one of these things and like ten people can be yeah. on it and yeah. all this stuff. I didn't expect it to be this like huge source of drama that people are sending multiple points in emails <laughs> complaining about cows getting killed and people threatening to burn down other people's houses. That's pretty funny though. Um totally forgot about all that. So nine years ago mm-hmm. if I remember right, that was right when they opened up Minecraft Realms or whatever, like the server hosting. No, I, uh, I think it Or is this before that and we start we just randomly started our own? I think we started it because they added the ability in Minecraft Pocket Edition to connect to mm. exterior servers. Because I think before Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think before Minecraft Pocket Edition was just like fiddle around on your own phone and and maybe local multiplayer i think local for sure yeah but um but yeah i know the the server stuff just kind of unlocked this whole new potential of like forum kids to cause drama man we should reopen that server get the band back together and burn some houses and kill some dogs yeah for sure yeah i can't believe it was nine years ago jesus yeah that's pretty wild uh i um like i was going to talk about something and then you distracted oh i know what it was uh we got an email this week let's read an email um where did you are... see the thing that that just got released with the citizen app like moments before we started recording no what is the citizen app oh you don't have citizen in your neck of the woods so it's like um oh like the a... bank no 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 the, it's an app so I, I don't know what cities is available and i've only fiddle around oh. new york city um uh-huh. But it's so citizen you can download it from the app store. It's like um if you cross next door with like <laughs> let's see, like next door meets a police scanner meets like Twitch IRL streaming. Oh god, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Um well it was it was actually kind of sort of interesting because like um the the game clubs uh you know back when the world was normal and offices existed like game club had an office uh-huh. in new york and i was out there for a couple of weeks and one of the guys i was working with was like oh you gotta check out this new citizen app it's so crazy because like mm-hmm. it tracks where you are and then it'll send you like hyper local news and it was wow. always like wacky stuff like um yeah. you know like road rage incident at you know fifth and park or whatever but then the interesting thing about the app was that people were I don't know you got some kind of like clout in the app or like reputation points or something uh-huh. like that to where if you were near where this was the app encouraged you to like open your phone up and start streaming like whatever whatever thing uh-huh. had happened right uh-huh. and i was like i was like i don't know man i can't decide if this is cool or weird or both i mean it seems yeah. kind of like black mirrory right yeah. um but thinking about today there i guess some like internal emails leaked where they are like um they're testing a citizen like private security force as part of this app where it's like you could push a button and like uh, basically like summon private security and like summon a moment, militia which to me like to me just like really seems like we're entering this like dark period of where like horrible 80s sci-fi is just becoming reality at like a alarming yeah. rate right yeah no that feels very true um this thing actually reminds me i just saw a, a a local news story on this where um, there's this guy and he has a YouTube channel 
And um, his entire thing is basically like listening to the police scanner and then rushing to whatever the thing is oh, and yeah. filming it. Um, but like with the intention of he's like the guy that's like um, like films cops that are like, am I under arrest? Am I under arrest? Oh, do, yeah. do you am have I the right detained? to do this? Yeah. yeah. Am I being detained? Like those types of people that like are trying to just so hard like assert their rights and be like right about it or whatever. Um, and so like his whole YouTube is stuff like that where it's like, Oh, this here's a, like a break in attempt and the cops are trying to arrest the guy or whatever filming these different incidents around town. Um, but the thing he was on the news for is that for whatever reason, he's been harassing firemen on fire calls. And so he'll show up to a fire call and it'll be like the firemen like, with someone on a gurney and they're like doing like CPR on them or whatever. They're like trying to save somebody's life. And he's like, yeah, what's up public servant? Yeah. You fucking bitch. Or like, he he just is harassing these firemen for like whatever reason. The firemen have to just be like, can't really do anything. Cause he's like, like, I have a right to be filming you right now. What's that? It's like, can you just go away please? Like, no, it's just so absurd. Cause it's like, um, I don't know if you were like, if it was like a cop being a dick to somebody and you were on film being like, let's go yell at this cop about it. Like, I don't know. I could just sort of see that as opposed to like firemen, <laughs> which yeah, that are, seems weird. by and large, like the most loved, like public servants, they rescue you from fires and, um, they're do a lot of medical stuff, um, because they're first on scene in a lot of emergencies. So like getting mad at them, I don't know what his, like, thing is that set this off in particular for firemen but yeah um it's just really annoying watching his videos i mean even if he was justified in doing it the way he does it is he's such a oh man i want to i hate this guy that's how a lot of these like, youtube name that's how a lot of these guys are on youtube though like that baked alaska guy like exists exclusively yeah. to like just to be, be an shit. asshole places and then get yeah. kicked out and then be like, oh, well, um, I guess they don't respect freedom here because I'm not allowed to be yeah. in a store yelling racial slurs. Like, what the hell? No, <laughs> exactly. Like, That's like this guy is like, I have a right to be filming here. And they're like, OK. And it's like, yeah, you fucking fireman piece of shit. Like, you know, it's like, what, what, at what point do you have a right to not be fucking harassed by some weirdo yeah. with a camera in your face when you're trying to do your job, which could involve saving lives? Like, well, that's my whole that yeah that but seems um wacky to me but, so the citizen app i just looked it up it's so if you are in atlanta austin baltimore charlotte chicago cincinnati cleveland columbus detroit houston indianapolis los angeles miami dade county minneapolis st paul new york uh new york city philadelphia the phoenix metropolitan area san diego san francisco stockton toledo and tucson are the current cities that so have. that literally sounds like they sorted cities by crime rate as to where to oh, roll maybe. out service. Maybe. But um but yeah, the it's it's really weird to think that you could have an app that you can just like push a button and request a private security force. Like yeah. it's like some Robocop shit. It is. And also like how quick is that even gonna be compared to like calling nine one one or something? I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. It just blows my mind like I don't know if, if I think how um, ubiquitous like smartphones are becoming and like the kind of things that different apps are doing now really just sort of blows my mind yeah. when you think back to like when the iPhone first launched and it was like, 
you know, yeah. almost to joke how. Look, know, I can this, pretend pour a beer. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and now it's like, man, you go to you go to any event, and it's like every single person sitting there with their phone in their hand, and like, you know, I, I don't know, it just it blows my mind to think like how quickly this all happened. Simultaneously, best and worst thing to ever happened to humanity. Yeah. Well, so uh, you find your email. Email time. Yes, that was a tangent. Um, so this email is from Ben. He says, "Hey team." Love the podcast. At this point, I listen just as much for hearing about what it is like living in Tennessee and Sacramento as hearing about mobile games. So can you tell us more what it is like? Eli, I've seen pics of your house on Twitter. Do you go on a boat on that water behind it? Are you concerned about having to ever shovel your giant driveway? Jared, why Sacramento and not LA, SF, or SD? When is the next time you both are going to meet up in person? Also, here are some emojis. And there is a big list of emojis. A bell, a poodle, a heart, hands clapping, footprints, an eyeball, <laughs> uh, two ladies holding hands, Santa Claus, um, a miner, <laughs> like a coal miner or something, and then a baby. Thank you, Ben, for writing in. So, Eli, I already know the answer to this, but do you venture onto the water oh, that yeah. is behind I, your house? I fuck around in the lake all the time. Like That was, that was the main <laughs> reason to move down here to begin with. Um, we don't have a boat or anything like that. I would like to get mm-hmm. one, but it's just like they're very expensive. And yeah. the uh, they say that the best, the next, the better than owning a boat is having friends with boats. So yeah. we just, uh, we're very friendly with everyone that's down here and know a lot of people with boats. So we get invited. But you could just lot. get a dumb little thing with a little boat motor on it, right? Like if oh, you yeah. just want to go out and drop a fishing line or something like that. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I have a, uh, a kayak that I can like just a plastic mm-hmm. kayak from Walmart that I can fuck Go around, kayak if, around. I, if I want. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. but I don't know. I'd love to get a, a pontoon boat or something like that eventually, but just like, yeah, uh, it's, you know, COVID and everyone staying at home has made any kind of like recreational sort of thing. Uh, yeah. weirdly expensive. Cause yeah. like you used to be able to, um, buy like a nut, not super new, but not super old and shitty pontoon boat for like that you could, you know, feel fine about for like ten to twenty thousand dollars maybe. Oh wow. And like yeah. now it's like in that price range, like you are buying like someone else's piece of shit that's about to sink. Like mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is like, I don't know, it's it's crazy. It's a lot of money to justify on something that uh you might not use all the time, I guess. Yeah, and, and that's that's the thing. I mean, like we we live in a really central location, so like most of the time when someone's out on their boat, like I just get a text like, Hey, we're out. Yeah. What are you guys doing? Kind of thing. Yeah. Which right. Is probably about as often as I would fuck around on a boat if I owned one. So that's, that's the thing. Yeah. Fine. And like, it doesn't snow here or if, if it does snow here, it's like a dusting that, and everyone mm-hmm. freaks out so much that no one leaves. Uh, yeah. Cause no one knows how to drive on snow. So there's not a situation where I, I would ever need to shovel my driveway. So did you get rid? You had some fancy snow equipment, right, in Chicago? In Chicago, yeah. I, I I gifted it to the people about my house. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, that's funny. I didn't even think about that. You're going to be out of the snow life. Yeah, I've never lived in the snow life, so I don't even know what it's like. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's it, I, what I what I did like about living the snow life in a way was it was I mean doing snow activities is kind of fun. You know, like, yeah, right like sledding and just kind of fiddling around with snow stuff is, is a lot of fun. But yeah. at the same yeah, time, yeah. like not ever dealing with snow is also probably preferable. So 
Yeah, no, totally. I don't know. But people lose their minds here when they get like even a snow forecast. Um, <laughs> like a, I, I bank with a little local credit union here, and it was so funny. Like last winter, you know, it was like uh, there was supposed to be snow coming, just the threat of snow, and they were sending out. They sent out an email the day before. Uh, you know, like in the afternoon, it's like, we're closing at five today. We're not going to be open tomorrow because of the snow. Like if you need banking services, like come in now, we will stay open an extra <laughs> hour tonight because we're going to be closed tomorrow on account of the snow emergency. Wow. And like the snow that we got was like a, a flurry. Like there was like flakes mm-hmm. in the air that just like melted as soon as they touched the ground. And yeah, I don't know. People are done with that shit. Widespread panic. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Ben asks me why Sacramento, not LA, SF, or San Diego. Um, that's a good question. I grew up in Sacramento, so I'm biased. But um, San Francisco, man, I used to really love that place, and man, do I hate that place now. It's just so and expensive. And for the last few years, well, it's, that's a, a if if these if these things weren't you know if, if San Francisco wasn't in the state that it's in now, where it's like you go there and it's just gross. And depressing and if all that stuff wasn't true because it is a great city in so many different ways but um yeah it's like absurdly expensive so i couldn't even live there unless i wanted to live in like literally in some cases a closet for like a thousand bucks a month so um but more to that point like the city's just gotten really hard to deal with the last several years especially when we would go for conferences and stuff where you're there for a week and you do a lot of traveling by foot to places and um well even taking tough. like public public transit there just is oh, kind of like rough. gnarly yeah yeah like do you are, do you want to see a dick today because you probably are if you're gonna ride bart anywhere yeah. um which is like i don't want to see that I mean, there's so pockets uh, of san francisco that are nice but it's just like extremely oh, sure. unaffordable or very yeah. far away yeah, like, that's the other thing too. Yeah, like so um I think the area of, I don't even know if this technically still counts as the Bay Area, but like Half Moon Bay, which is like south, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. maybe 45 minutes to an hour that mm-hmm. you can't even like take the BART the whole way there, like you have to like take the BART like basically the last parking garage and then yeah, like get a lift or whatever cuz I I stayed there once because I couldn't find a hotel in San Francisco and it yeah. was really nice. Like I I liked it, but yeah, you know, Half Moon Bay is cute. Uh, also absurdly expensive. And so is like Sausalito or like any of the places where you'd be near San Francisco are just absurdly expensive. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of cool things about SF, but mostly it was the price thing that I'd never, uh, because we actually, when we moved out to the shack in 2013, wow, I can't believe it was that long ago. Um, we moved out to my grandparents' like vacation home to save money to buy a house. Um, when we were getting ready to move back, we were like, "Let's make us let's go live in San Francisco for a while since we're leaving here." Yeah. And because we don't have kids yet, and uh, we're young enough, and we have the money to just rent a place, even if it's only six months, and then we could like kind of get the experience of living in San Francisco, something we've always both talked about and, and mm-hmm. wanted to do. Um, and we decided not to, which was probably smart. We would have blown all our money we saved for our house. Um, but it would have been, it was kind of like a last chance of like, hey, go live this lifestyle while we can or whatever. And uh, we ended up not doing that. But um, aside from that, Francisco, yeah, it would have been cool. It's, it's just like, 
I, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like the value you get for your money there on all things, like whether it's, you it's know, all, like it's all bad, like, you yeah. know, rent is horrible. Like the price of food and everything is horrible. Like, right. And, right. and I don't know. I just, I mean, I've, I've lived in New York too. And like the, yeah, like it's expensive there too, but it just kind of feels like different because it's like so dense and public transport is so good. And like, yeah, like there, it feels like you're paying a premium to be part of like a, really cool urban infrastructure uh-huh. i guess you know with like a lot of availability to just like go all these places like very quickly very cheaply um yeah. and just do all sorts of stuff whereas like I, I just have never had that vibe with san francisco yeah i um my sister did live in san francisco for a while and several years actually and um various parts like um a, a few of different neighborhoods and at one point kind of like right in the mix of, of a really popular neighborhood and um so it was always kind of cool to go stay with her for uh, a night or two, or especially when we were doing uh, GDC or something. If I was nearby, I'd go spend a night before or after the conference or something. Um, and you sort of get the experience. And I think one of the things is just getting used to all that. Because they were like, oh, cool, like go hop on the bus and go to this place. That's a, you, know, you know what I mean? Like they knew all the yeah. transit systems and stuff like that. So I think that makes a difference. Like I'm pretty okay with BART if I need to hop on BART for a reason. But um, I'm not really good with Muni, which is like the bus system. And, um, you know, I just rely on like the, the three or four block radius around Moscone Center. Yeah, every time <laughs> I've taken a bus in SF, it's been like yeah. an extremely regrettable experience, like worse than the BART even. That's not uh, surprising at all. Um, but uh, so I, they were like in the mix. And this is before they had a kid too, but like they're very much like adventurous to go try a new restaurant they heard about or whatever. And they live really close to a lot of cool bars and restaurants and stuff. And so, um, I guess if I did actually live there, maybe you would just get used to all that stuff and it wouldn't be so bad or feel so daunting or whatever. Um, but anyway, um, Los Angeles, I don't like LA at all. Never have probably never will hate going there for any reason. Can't wait to get out. I know that sucks to say because I have a lot of friends that live in L.A. that love it. And I know there's a lot of cool things about it. But um, there's a lot of crappy things about L.A. too. Yeah, I just I, don't like it. <laughs> L.A. is a cool place to visit. Not a great place to live, yeah. in my opinion. Like, I lived in West Hollywood for a little while. and Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. the reliance that you have on your car there is, like, yeah. unbelievable for a city. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, maybe it's because I grew up in Northern California, but... Um, I had never liked even the beaches in LA and that's like a big reason people live down there is cause there's a lot of really beautiful yeah. beaches and stuff like that. But also, um, jam packed though, like any, any day that's even remotely worth going to the beach is yeah. just like, I cannot yeah. believe how many people are here. And I don't care so much about swimming in the ocean. Um, because you can't really in Northern California beaches, um, cause they're usually rough and rocky and freezing ass cold and super dangerous waves with crazy undertoes and stuff. So, but especially when we lived out in the shack, which was right on the beach almost, um, there's a lot of good things about just going to the beach on a nice sunny day, hanging out in the sand, getting your feet wet in the waves or whatever, as opposed to like, I want to go swimming and surfing and do all that stuff. If I was major into that stuff, then I could see more of an appeal of yeah, LA, yeah. but I'm just not. Um, and then same, that's kind of the same thing with San Diego. San Diego is a lot nicer than Los Angeles. I like San Diego a lot. Um, but, uh, living there, it's also pretty expensive unless you want to live in like the cut and believe it or not, San Diego has some rough ass areas. 
hmm. that uh, are probably the places that I would be able to afford. So um, yeah, anyway, really, Sacramento is. <clears throat> there was a lot of cool ahead. shit going on in L.A. when when I lived there. Like, but but yeah. the problem is like it's so spread out that like yeah. going anywhere takes an hour. Like it doesn't yeah. matter like an hour minimum to get somewhere else like outside of your yeah. your little neighborhood, you know, and like right, right. It, it, you, that's. I don't know. I guess you very strategically need to plan out where you live based on like the kind of stuff that you like to do. Um, True. And I don't know, like it just wasn't really for me. Yeah. And I think uh, what's true of all those major cities too is like um, there's a a very different experience if you're like wealthy to where money doesn't matter where you Mm -hmm. can be like, I'm going to eat at these amazing freaking five-star restaurants everywhere but like that's not your average place your average person could go right um same with like new york like people love new york because you can like helicopter around and stuff like that which your average person like can't do or or whatever um so i think that makes a big difference in it too yeah but um yeah the other thing that kind of messed me up with los angeles was um you know and i'm a i'm a boring midwestern boy that lives a very modest life but um yeah when I, when I was out there and I don't know if it was just because, you know, proximity to Hollywood or, or whatever else, but it was like yeah. all of the people that I met there had this like very shared mentality of like, I don't care how much stuff costs now. I mean, like I'll just go out and everything else they like, throw on a credit card. Who cares? Cause when I make it, like I'll be making so much money that like, I'll just be able to yep. pay all this shit off. And a like, I was this, illusion. and like, I was the stick in the mud for being like, no, nah, dude, like I'm good. I don't need to go out and yeah. like buy $20 gin and tonics tonight. Like I'll just stay home and play <laughs> league of legends. Like it's fine. Right. Yeah. You know, that's and, a big thing too. Yeah. And it was just like, I, I know that I make more money than you guys and I don't want to do this shit. Like you're, you're a fucking yeah. bus boy. Like, what are you doing yeah. going out to these clubs? Like get out of here. Well, they're going to make it someday. They just know it. Yeah. They just know, know it. Um, but just to wrap this up, as far as why Sacramento, uh, Sacramento is so awesome. It's like a big enough city that it's a city, but it's small enough that it's not like your San Francisco's or your LA's or whatever, where it has a lot of the annoying stuff that goes along with being a big city. Um, although that is kind of slowly changing because Sacramento is growing really fast. It's kind of like the, um, seconds it's, it's like the second, the silver medal for people that want to live in San Francisco and yeah. can't afford it. <clears throat> they're like, Oh, well like an hour and a half ish away is, um, Sacramento, which is also a pretty cool city. And then I can actually commute. Um, you can take like Amtrak or just drive yourself to, to the Bay area every day if you have a job there or whatever. And Hey, my $400,000 house budget will buy me like a four bedroom house in one of the suburbs of Sacramento. Yeah. As opposed to like the closet in San Francisco, so yeah, I don't even I'll, know if you could <laughs> buy something in SF for half a million dollars if you wanted to. Doubt it. Yeah, I don't think so. So like, um, which is crazy because that's a lot on a house. Up. You know, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Still, you know. Oh, for sure. But yeah, so um, and really, the last few years, like four hundred thousand dollars in my area now wouldn't buy you. I mean, it'd maybe buy you a two bedroom. Yeah. One bath, tiny, eight hundred square foot house. Maybe those are starting to creep up into the five hundred range. So, um, so do you, the prices I guess the are question definitely is, crazy. If assuming you know through some fucking divine intervention, San Francisco, uh, you guys finally get like a high speed rail that goes from SF to Sacramento. Yeah. Like, is that a yeah. net good thing or net bad thing for how you like the parts of the city that you like? Uh, I would look at that as a net good thing, but I also know that that would bring even more people to Sacramento to live and just commute if that was the case, 
which I'm actually, I don't really mind. Like the part that sucks is, is Sacramento is a really cool midtown area. It's just a big grid and it's not too, it's, I think it's like a mile wide. Like it's a really small central city area, but it's packed with a lot of really cool stuff. And, um, and so I used to live in that midtown area, actually almost my entire time living on my own over the last 20 years has been in living in that midtown area. Yeah. That was a cool and spot. It's awesome because, yeah. You, you visited my apartment above the pizza place and you visit yeah. our other apartment on, on, uh, that was on kind of like the other side of the city. But, um, yeah, it was always so awesome. Cause there was like things going on. The blocks are like easily walkable. If you want to go anywhere, you can be like across town in like a 30 minute walk. If you want to go literally from one side of the city to the other, and so, like, nothing was off limits as far as, like, where you wanted to go eat or what you wanted to go do. or And then it borders a river, which is, has a cool riverfront and an old town area and stuff. So if you wanted to go do that kind of stuff. And that was all attached to a big mall that is now demolished and is a basketball arena, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> so it was always, like, stuff to do in any direction, all walkable, a great thing. And it was, it's tons of established neighborhoods and big trees and shaded, you know, sidewalks and stuff like that. Like, just a beautiful little city. Um, that's the part I, since we moved out here, we're not quite in a suburb, but we're definitely on the outskirts of that downtown area where our house is now. And, um, it feels removed enough away where if we wanted to go on like a decent walk, we could go back to that area if we wanted, but we're away from it. Yeah. And, um, I've really grown to appreciate being away from it. Cause now every time I have to go into like the midtown area for something, um, the homeless pr- problem has exploded. Yeah, the streets are starting to get like areas with like some really gross like encampments or trash or whatever. And then just the general, I don't know, maybe I'm just getting old, but I feel like the people that are out and about, the kind of people that go out to the bars and restaurants now, um, or even are just walking walking around. Maybe I used to be this person too, but they just the thing. annoy me. We, we <laughs> used to be those people. I, I, I lived in downtown yeah. Naperville, which is a, a Chicago suburb that was like one of the I guess now one of the fancier ones it didn't seem that way when I lived mm-hmm. there but um I mean I that was my fucking life was like going out to bars and yeah. shit like that and I've been down there yeah. since like seeing those same people bar hopping I'm like god these people are fucking annoying yes. like get out <laughs> of the way what are you old. doing yeah yeah like how annoying or how uh, like there's no self-awareness to how yeah. like drunk and annoying you're being yeah. but I'm sure I've been that person so Maybe that's just an age thing or whatever. But that being said, it still kind of sucks. If I want to go to a restaurant that we love that's in Midtown and go pick up some food, I got to deal with like seeing that and it <laughs> annoys me. I don't it goes know. Through Christmas I guess I'm stuck imagine now. Yeah. Huh. But anyway, all that stuff aside, I mean, Sacramento has its problems, but it's still, um, I'll always love the city. I think it's a great blend of, of being a big city and being a small city at the same time. Yeah. And, I, uh, I wish I that we could do something more just as a, american society to help the homeless i mean i don't know what the solution is you know we even have homeless problems here which is like mm -hmm. damn like yeah i i don't i don't know it's everywhere now and it's 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 i don't know blows my mind with how much it has exploded because um dealing with like there was definitely like some homeless people when i lived in midtown and it was like um a lot of them were like the same people and some of them you would get to know and um, especially working in a restaurant that had a huge patio right along the sidewalk. So working there, you know, people come up and panhandle and stuff like that. But you'd sort of get to know the various yeah, yeah, homeless yeah. dudes or whatever. And um, 
nowadays it's like, oh man, it's like a hundred times worse. Like I can't even like comprehend how much worse it's gotten in just the, the five or six years since we lived in that area. Um, yeah, it's a super here, bummer, and I have no idea what the the solution is. Yeah, here here we get um, people that will just like live in tents and like weird kind of like um, kind of park mm-hmm. areas or park adjacent areas or stuff yeah. like that. And yeah. people like people just look down on these these guys that yeah. are living in tents and shit, and like think they're causing such a problem. It's like, man, like who would fucking choose to live in a tent? Like you know, these people just need help, and like I, I it's beyond my capacity to give them what they need. And it's like, I, well. That's that's another problem is that it's really hard to determine because some people do want to live like that. That's their freedom, man. Fair, and they don't want to tell you. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's that's living to them is figuring it out as they go, doing what they want, not abiding by the rules of society. Um, that's a big thing with a lot of homeless people. And some of it, I think, is maybe like you get you slip into that state because of like drug use and stuff like that or whatever. Yeah. Um, or just the way you've been treated in, in the society or, or whatever. But like, there's definitely a huge segment of people that are like, I had a job, I lost it. Things slipped away. I just got kicked out of my house. I was living in my car. I'm struggling. I'm, I don't want to be homeless, but here yeah. I am. I never thought I would end up this way. And those people are like looking for the helping hand and a way to get out. And, and I actually have a friend who's works really closely with people he basically serves once a week, serves dinners, and then on the weekends, like, hands out clothing and things like that at the park. But, like, he'll tell me, he'll be, like, you know, serving up meals for people, and anyone is welcome. There's no obligations or anything like that. But he will ask every single person, like, what's your situation? Do you want to get out or not? And if they're like, nope, I'm good. I'm just here for a meal. He's like, cool, enjoy. But if they're like, yeah, I, I want to figure it out. I want to get a job again. I want to have a house again, like, whatever. He's like, cool. We're going to start all these programs. We're going to do this yeah, thing. Go eat your cool. meal. Meet up with me after. But it's very much like a, um, not – once the people decide, no, I don't want the help. I'm happy. Uh, it's not even worth trying to like change their mind. It's a waste yeah, of your time. You're better right. served trying to help the people that know they want help and are asking for help or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a crazy problem because I feel like there's a lot of both types of people yeah I, I don't even know how you begin to estimate like what that split is but yeah i don't know yeah so um there's been a lot of opposition they were trying to build like um it's it's not like a they call it like a homeless camp but it's kind of not like that but it's basically a big lot where they fill it out with like different trailers or little houses that have like a couple bunks in them or, or each or whatever and then it has bathroom facilities and stuff like that on premise or whatever and it basically can hold up to like, I think 150 or 200 people or something like that. And all the neighborhoods nearby are like opposed to it because you hear, oh, the city wants to open a homeless camp yeah, yeah, in your yeah. neighborhood. And yeah. you're, you think of what that might be because you see like the tent cities and stuff like that. And you're like, no effing way. Yeah. But in reality, what these places are is like a, it's like a final stop towards getting you off the streets. Right. And so you actually, they, they like, you sort of like have to not really apply, but kind of, and be like qualified to enter these places because they're people that they know are clean. They know want to get out of the situation they're in and just need a place to like get their shit together to, to take that next step. Yeah. And so, and the places are monitored too. They're staffed. So it's not like 
people are just running rampant in their tiny homes and like sharing needles and stuff and yeah. whatever. So it's like a, it's actually a good thing, but everyone sees it as like, I don't want a homeless thing in my neighborhood. And so I'm against it or whatever. And I can kind of get with that too, because the homeless encampments, at least in my neck of the woods, some of the ones that blow up and get crazy, like just a couple of weeks ago, there was one, they blew up their propane barbecue because oh, they weren't nice. being careful. And it started this massive fire that that almost set a house next door on fire and stuff. You know what I mean? And so the people that live right around that little like vacant area where they were having their camping were like, dude, we've called about this a million times. Nobody's doing anything about it. And now look, like my yeah. house almost burnt yeah, down because yeah, yeah. people were getting wild with their propane or whatever. So, uh, anywho, massive tangent. Sorry about that. <laughs> We are not going to solve the homeless problem on uh, our podcast here today, so we should probably move on. Um, the last thing Ben asked was, when's the next time you think you're going to meet up in person? I don't know. What do you think? Maybe GDC next year? I don't think there's going to be a PAX this year. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess. I, I, are they? Did they officially cancel PAX? Or? I want to say... <clears throat> Maybe it's still up in the air or actually, no, I feel like I feel like I got an email about one way or the other. They either decided, nope, we're definitely doing another online one and we'll be back next year or it's um, we're not quite sure yet because that's in September. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting. I was talking to some friends of mine uh, just yesterday about about E3 um, because remember, that was a show that was like struggling with relevancy before yeah. COVID, you know. And I think post COVID they've kind of shown that there's not a lot of reason for a lot of these shows to be <laughs> physical events. Right. True. Because like, you know, with the packs last year, like, like going like virtual with like all kinds of like crazy online time demos and like all sorts of stuff like that. Like I almost think that was better. Like, cause you just could like really focus it on what you liked, like, you know, not need mm -hmm. to foot all this cash for travel and, yeah. You know, uh, you know, deal with like making sure your dogs are bored or your kids are taken care of, like whatever else to yeah. go. So you just kind of like enjoy it. And then E3 was definitely way better, 100% online. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen yeah. with all these. I don't know either. I think um, I think it's it's there's a lot of reasons to have in-person events still. And there's a lot of reasons to have really well done online events that are more accessible to everybody. Um, so I don't know. I think a mixture is what will happen going forward. Some of these things will just continue to be these online things. Yeah. And, and same with stuff like Apple. Well, we're, they'll definitely do WWDC in person again, like probably next year, but like some of their other events, they might just do these video things or, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm sure they'll still want to have, have a, journalists and stuff out to their, you know, campus or whatever and do some sort of like maybe hybrid live presentation video package thing or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I guess like uh -huh. I, I almost wonder if like the future of most of these things is kind of like what Blizzard has done with BlizzCon the last few years where it's like yeah. you can go and like have a cool experience and, you know, participate yeah. in things or you can stay home and do the virtual pass and like, you know, yeah. just you don't get the experience hanging out with everyone, but it's pretty close as far as like right. be able yeah. to watch everything sit through all the panels like you know get the yeah. like the swag like the, the swag you get for attending and like yeah all other stuff without needing to go to uh, anaheim or wherever it is so yeah yeah i don't know 
Yeah, I, I, I really <laughs> am interested in seeing what happens with the event industry because I, I mean, the powers that be, particularly on like the industry events, I mean, they're in the business of selling mm-hmm. five hundred dollar tickets, right? Right. And you just, I mean, you saw all these virtual events, like they just cannot command the the actual like you know ticket price that they used to because no. it's, it's it just feels crazy to 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 be like, oh yeah, let me give you hundreds of dollars to sit on zoom yeah. meetings and stuff where and <laughs> right. even though like functionally it's i guess it'd be the same as like you know wander around moscone center but it's just i don't know so kind I of they, but not really i i definitely think that you can't um you know there's a huge benefit to the networking of yeah. a live event yeah, and sure. uh there's a lot of things that both of us have come across just a rando chance meeting with somebody oh, yeah. that was just happened to be there for something that that turned into I a mean, cool relationship or shit cool story. like the whole the whole thing with like mob crush for instance like that mm-hmm. that entire yeah. relationship was a product of me walking through the e3 show floor and uh yeah. eric seeing my touch arcade shirt i mean like oh yeah. touch arcade i love those guys i was like oh yeah, uh, yeah. what do you what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and no, that, that, yeah stuff you know. like that. I feel like you can't replicate online. Um, and there is a lot of benefit to that sort of thing. So um, I don't know. I, I would guess GDC next year would be the next event that I would go to. I don't think yeah, it'll probably. be anything this year. Yeah. Because um, I would be surprised if they did PAX in person. Yeah. Um, me too. Cause Which I sucks because PAX is my favorite one. <laughs> yeah, I, I just feel like too much is up in the air with COVID still with regards to this. You know, with like, I guess, decent but overall low vaccination numbers and like not really being sure like, okay, so what does it mean if only like 30% of the people at your event are vaccinated? Like, are yeah. there going to be other weird variants? Like, are we, yeah. you know, inadvertently creating this like crazy super spreader event that's going to hit yeah. vaccinated people too? Like. Maybe. I don't know. I think the dust needs to settle on all that stuff a little bit more before we really like know what's going to happen with. I think with so too. And that's why I think, I think by, you know, a good nine months or so of, of seeing what happens because, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, the amount of people that want to get vaccinated are going to be vaccinated in the next like month. Right. Or if not already. So well, in the United States, in the U S so yeah. yeah, for sure. But so I think that it's enough time to kind of figure out what happens. There's enough, in-person events that'll happen with like a summer coming up and then um, the holidays over the winter where people are getting together and stuff to kind of figure out what this means for everything. So, yeah. So I don't know, maybe GDC next year. That would be cool. I'm going to shoot for that. I do miss going places and doing events and traveling. So I feel like GDC next year, particularly like with them skipping two years in a row is just going to be off the chain with like all the people that like, maybe wouldn't yeah. have gone otherwise that have been like, Oh dude, I just want to go to an event. I want to network with other people, like all this stuff. Yeah. Like, I think it's going to be nuts. And you've probably saved a lot of money by staying yeah. at home. So <laughs> yeah. So now you can afford one GDC because you didn't go for the previous <laughs> yeah. two years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's crazy. So, um, thanks again to Ben for writing in. If you would like to write in a question and have us go off on a 45 minute tangent about weird things, um, podcast at touchercade.com. Uh, feel free to send us emails about absolutely anything. Uh, we should probably shoot into gaming discussion real quick. Not sure. a whole lot happening this week anyway, but uh, we should probably tear through it because what what what's the time looking like? We're fine. We're 42 minutes oh. into the record. Oh, I felt like we were going way longer, so uh, that's not too bad. Um, <clears throat> anywho, I think we talked about this when it happened, but... Um, <clears throat> a bunch of the Capcom games on the App Store broke with the latest iOS 14 update and then were pulled off the store. They've been with broken Capcom way longer like, than that, or am I imagining things? 
No, you're th- previously yes. Like Ghost <laughs> Trick went like two straight years being broken at some point in time, but then it, it did eventually get fixed. This this latest breaking was a new issue with one of the newest iOSs, um, and so they pulled a bunch of their games down while they fixed them. Um, so if you were distraught about that. Um, those games are now back up and working on iOS 14. Um, that's basically the newer Ace Attorney games and Ghost Trick. And uh, I learned from from Mikhail writing this story that uh, Ghost Trick's a big deal on Twitter because this story was shared like a couple hundred times, hmm. and like all everyone quote tweeted this story with like play Ghost Trick, play Ghost Trick. I don't know if it's like a inside joke sort of thing or if people just all really feel that passionately that everyone needs to play ghost trick weird i kind of feel like i should go play ghost trick now because i've never played it so um it works now on ios 14 if you are among those that haven't played it apparently you should according to people on the internet <clears throat> it's, but anyway, it's a cool game it's really i i thought it was awesome when i played it yeah, I mean, I've always heard good things. I think I it was a, originally a DS game, right? Like, right, I yeah. I feel like I played it on the DS, DS or 3DS, point, one or the other. I don't remember. I think it was regular DS, but yeah, no, it's 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 cool. A really like neat, like uh, kind of like ghost possessing other stuff mechanic kind of thing. Yeah, that yeah, is uh, a lot of fun. Definitely worth checking. Well, out. Well, it's got a very passionate following. So, um, all those games are now fixed. You can now get them if you were worried about that. Um, they're all good now. Play Ghost Trick. Um, <clears throat> this week, a new trailer was dropped for the Metal Slug game that is being worked on by um, Tencent's subsidiary studio, Teamy Studios, which they are responsible for making Call of Duty and um, Honor of Kings slash Arena of Valor um, and several other games. Um, this is kind of a weird story because uh, last summer, SNK the original creators of metal slug um, announced they were making two new metal slug games. And one was going to be like a mainline entry for consoles and PCs and stuff. Basically a new metal slug, I think 10, nine, I think nine. Um, yeah, anyway, I, I don't know, man, I could, I could be on the cover of don't give a shit about metal slug magazine. Like I don't, these games get the hell out of here. Then these games are also samey though. I mean, they're all the same. But they're all good. So if you like run and gun shooters, they don't get much better than this. I guess. But anywho, um, so SNK announced they're working on a new mainline Metal Slug game, but also they were internally working on a new mobile game. And uh, since you don't care about the series, you may not know this, but there's been a couple mobile spinoff games of Metal Slug that have I mean, I been know that. absurdly, pop- absurdly like a, popular. Like a clicker that's, right? That's... Well, there one was Metal Slug Defense, and that came out many years ago, and it was kind of like took the assets of the Metal Slug games and turned it into like a castle defense sort of game or whatever. That's, yeah, no Metal <laughs> and then Slug there was Infinity. Another one called Metal Slug Attack, um, which was sort of a similar concept, like taking the existing assets of Metal Slug and then converting it into this sort of like mobile free to play type game or whatever. I forget which one took off, but one of them is like I think both of them were really popular, but one of them more so than the other that it still gets updated even like eight years later or whatever and still has like a really passionate following. So um, I always thought that was interesting because all the old Metal Slug games are also ported to mobile many yeah. years ago. Um, they're not the funnest thing to play with like virtual buttons, but they work. Um, 
And I, I can't, I, I, I can only imagine SNK looks at the money they make from releasing like a free to play spinoff as opposed to like these premium ports. And they're like, what the hell are we doing porting yeah. these games? Yeah. So, <clears throat> so it sounds like their new Mo- Metal Slug mobile game is like a card based spinoff. So it sounds like they're doing something, another sort of variation of the Metal Slug Defense and Metal Slug Attack spinoff games. But this one will be like a card based something or another. Not much more is known about that. So well, that's SNK. That what? sounds closer to the Metal Slug Infinity game, which is kind of like um Oh Metal Slug Infinity, yeah. Like a, a war war tortoise sort of thing mm-hmm. where you're like just constantly leveling up dudes that are just always fighting and yeah. That to me, like the way that game works could lend itself pretty well to some kind of like card mechanic where you're like building a hand of units or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so anywho, that's SNK themselves are making those two games. They announced it last June. That same month, um, Teamy Studios came out and said, hey, we also partnered with SNK. We're making a Metal Slug mobile game also. Um, theirs is more traditional run-and-gun style. However, theirs is made up of um, 3D visuals, which I think is really interesting. It's always a tough thing to take like pixel art that's like so iconic like the metal Mm -hmm. slug series is with its really fantastic animations and really good pixel art and turn it into something 3d and i feel like nine times out of ten when a series does something like that the 3d version looks like crap Um, am i thinking the same thing like almost looked like a 2.5d thing kind of like like octopath traveler almost mm -hmm. and like the the like new retro square games yeah, that's a that's actually a cool way to do something like that, I think, to kind of is like Is that now update. how this is going to be? It's not full through. Oh, okay. This is full 3D models and 3D backgrounds, 3D bosses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um but what I think is really interesting about it is they really you can tell they very painstakingly um wanted to match like the style of the original pixel art characters and stuff like that. It's very much like a metal slug game in terms of personality and stuff like that, but it's in 3d and it does look very good and has a lot of cool visual effects and stuff like that. So like, if you're gonna, I, I always, I'd rather games stay pixel art that are known for being pixel art or whatever. But if you're going to do this and I see why you would, cause like our phones, have the craziest highest resolution screens ever. And so yeah. in pixel art, it's not always easy to do on something that's super high resolution like that. Um, 3D translates a lot well, a lot better and is also a lot easier to animate and stuff like that. So I get why you'd want to go 3D, but and a lot of times I would I would say maybe not the newest Ghosts and Goblins game, the resurrection, because um, I've heard good things about that. But do you remember there was like the Ghosts and Goblins? 3D games that came out on mobile in like 2010 or 2009 or something like that. Trying to remember what they were called. Golden Knight, I think, was the the subtitle. But those were like fun enough, but like those felt like soulless 3D, like, you know, versions of the original stuff, which I thought looked gross. This, I don't really feel that way. I think this actually looks very good. So, anywho, all this is to say that Teamy's Metal Slug mobile game got a new trailer. Um, it looks really good. This also has a weird component of like a 3D world you can run around in that seems sort of like a hub world. I can only imagine, based on everything they've shown in the two trailers that they've released, this sort of feels like what a lot of, of free-to-play mobile games do, where it's sort of a greatest hits of the series in a way. 
because there's definitely some some areas that they've shown off that look like they're taken from actual other mobile Metal Slug games. Yeah. But also a lot of brand new stuff too. And so it wouldn't surprise me to have this all jam-packed into some crazy free-to-play game that features like best of segments from different Metal Slug games, but also a lot of brand new stuff, but also a hub world where you tie everything together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I can kind of see where this is going. So anyway, um, I want to say they uh, <clears throat> said that this is supposed to launch this year, but I don't. Oh, no, actually, there's no release window whatsoever. But I, my gut tells me I think this is going to come out this year. So if you like Metal Slug, if you're unlike Eli and like Metal Slug, um, I, you should check I, out this newest trailer. I mean, my problem is I never was like, I, I never had Neo Geo, you know, and they always, yeah. like the SNK games always were weirdly expensive at my arcade, so yeah. I didn't play them too much. Like everything else was a quarter and those games were 50 cents or something like that, you know. As fair, man. I just never really had like that great at ties to the ip and it was just like one of those things where everyone was talking about metal slug and then like once i finally played him it was just like this is this is what all the fuss is about kind of thing <laughs> yeah. you know like, i don't know i'm, I'm just yeah. an idiot probably that's fine no you don't have to uh you have just fire your likes and dislikes um so we will keep an eye on uh the metal slug mobile game coming out from Timmy. um this is a cool story Something I always like seeing is like, um, we've talked about this before, there's always games announced that never come out or just disappear mm-hmm. out of the face of the planet. And you're like, what the heck? Yeah, what um, this isn't like the most extreme example of this, but this is a game that we posted about when it was very first announced on our forums back in 2017. Um, and it looked really cool. It's kind of like a, um, I guess you could uh, describe it as like Dead Cells meets like a, a mining game like Terraria or something like that. Um and it was designed to be this super casual... The game is called Dungeons and Miners. And it's from a developer called Angry Bugs. And they actually released a game way back in the day called The Hacker, which was something we really liked. Yes. <clears throat> the uh, Hacker a really was amazing. cool game. Yeah. And they've um, actually released a few other games, too, that were all really cool. But haven't done much lately. But anyway, um, the Dungeons and Miners games was designed to be... Exactly that, like a, a an action game with hack and slash gameplay, but also a digging and mining and resource gathering game and crafting game, but also like a loot based, like find cool weapons and gear type game, all mashed into one sort of experience that was like conducive to mobile and playable with like one hand. Yeah. So sounds like a really cool concept. And um, we posted about it when it was first announced back in 2017. And then... Um, it was about a year before we heard anything more about it. Um, they actually went back to the drawing board a little bit and uh, revised some of their ideas and their concepts for the game and also gave the game a, a massive like graphical overhaul for the better, um, adding a whole bunch of cool like lighting and, and uh, other details and stuff. And so we posted about it again when they announced all that and showed kind of a before and after of what uh, the new stuff looked like and, and whatever. And so since then, though, um, no word. So it's been almost three years since we've heard anything on this game. But uh, they did pop up this week, Angry Bugs, and announced that uh, the game actually does still exist. And in fact, they're pretty close to being finished with it. Yeah, that's cool. They kind of figured out exactly what they wanted for gameplay play loop and um, all the stuff they want included in it. And so they wanted to at this point get some people beta testing to kind of provide some feedback and kind of guide the final 
um, you know, iteration of this or whatever. Um, but significantly, they also released um, the first gameplay trailer for this, and it looks super awesome. So if you haven't watched this trailer yet, make sure uh, you check out this story and look at the trailer because um, it gives you a really good idea of what I think this game is all about. And it looks really, really, really good. Um, as for beta testing, uh, a lot of people, after we posted this story, hit them up to want to test and they got kind of overwhelmed with it. And so they've sort of stopped taking new testers at this point. They've got enough already. So if you were interested in that, you kind of missed out on that boat, at least for now. Maybe they'll do another round or something. Who knows? But um, at least check out the trailer if you haven't seen this yet. And check out the forum thread and maybe follow along with that because they've been posting updates in there too. Um, hopefully this thing doesn't take too much longer to come out because it looks really cool. But always a good story to see a game. Uh, almost four years ago, that was originally announced and kind of disappeared for a while make a comeback and it's still a thing and it's still coming out and it actually looks better than ever, which I think is cool. So dungeons and miners is the name of that one. Uh, make sure you watch the trailer for it. Yeah, that's cool. And then a big story this week was that, uh, divinity original sin Two finally launched on iPads. Yeah. This is on my You'll to remember, list to play uh, this weekend. Oh really? Did you grab it? I nice. have not yet, but it's on my front of mind for, front of mind um you gotta have a beefy ipad to play this i think it's um any ipad pro from 2018 or later or only the new ipad air from last year in terms of regular ipads that's wild Um, to have those kind of requirements i mean i that's a really steep requirement older ipad pro so i should be fine but I think it's um if you have any of the ones that have four gigs of RAM, I think is the issue, mm, okay. um, which I I think is A12 and above iPads, something like that. But anyway, um yeah, kind of gnarly. How <laughs> you need a really recent device to play this, but uh, it's not surprising when you look at the videos and stuff because um this is probably one of the most full featured iPad ports of of a, a console and PC game that I've ever seen. It's like real deal, the whole thing. And to top all that off, this is a game known for being like a co-op experience, like a play through it with your buddy type thing with drop in and drop out co-op. So somebody can hop on the couch next to you and start fighting and then just drop out with no big issue. Um, They brought that to the iPad version, which I think is is probably the main culprit of needing such a heavy hardware because it'll actually literally run both people's um games side by side on the same screen split screen style yeah that's, and that's so wild. it's rendering two versions of the game at the same time and um that's got to be taxing on the uh the old hardware there so but anywho um and also this is a, a, a fairly recent game uh i think it's came out in 2018 2017 2018 that realm so that's a uh yeah, that's pretty recent. new yeah it's it's really recent. Um, I mean, you look at things like uh, Company of Heroes port or something like that, or the Rome games or whatever, um, and those are all really impressive too. But they're also usually like oh, more than ten years old games. Um, so for a game this recent to be running this well on an iPad is just pretty impressive. But so anywho, um, this bad boy's twenty five smackaroonies. Um, man, all the stuff we just talked about that sounds cheap. Like this is a full blown yeah. sixty dollar game anywhere else. Um, Twenty five bucks doesn't sound too bad, but 
Um, I've already seen a lot of people less. I, I sort of expect price complaining when anything exceeds, you know, 20 bucks or even 10 bucks. But like, I haven't so much seen price complaining because I think people see this game and go, man, 25 ain't that bad for what you get. Yeah, right. But I've seen a lot of people be like, man, I'm not investing that kind of money in a game that could break with an iOS update that never gets fixed or whatever. And I think like that's a valid concern, but also you can't live your life because that could always be the case with any yeah. game ever. I and so, yeah, any anything digitally distributed, right? I mean, yeah. And I wouldn't really, I wouldn't think um, Larian Studios is like on the up and up. Like I wouldn't imagine them to be like, well, we're never going to update this game, so who cares if it breaks or something like that? Like I think they're going to want to keep this thing going. It was a showcase game for Apple during WWDC last year. Um, which is when it got first got announced and stuff. And so I don't think they're just going to be like, oh, well, something broke. We're just going to never fix it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, I look at something as like, man, $25. Like, that was like, I spent that on one meal for myself <laughs> you know, the other day. You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. you know, if, if four years from now or five years from now, like, this thing breaks and they don't get around to fixing it, like, man, I had five good years of playing that game on my iPad. Yeah, I, I tell bucks. you. That's not the end of the world to me. What's mess, What's messing me up more these days than, like, um, the actual price of games is, like, just the amount of content that I have access to that I've, like, through, like, you know, Game Pass and, and all these other services that's just, just, like. don't have time. Well, <laughs> Well, don't don't have time, and it's more like, well, do I want to spend money on this versus just like playing something that I know I want to play that I'm already paying for, kind of thing? Because like, yeah. on the console side, like everyone was losing their mind over this like new Resident Evil game that came out, right. What like last week or the week before, or whatever. Yeah, and I was just like, oh man, like yeah, I I love Resident Evil. That'd be really cool. I want to play that. And then I was like, yeah, but I have like, there's like over a dozen games in Game Pass that I also really want to play that yeah. I'm actively yeah. paying for right now. Yeah, and and a lot of Capcom stuff eventually just ends up in Game Pass, so I might as well just play the shit that I already have. Yeah, and just wait for it to pop up. And I don't disagree. It's a weird problem to have, and um, I will say that I think there's something too when a big game like that comes out and and everyone's playing and enjoying it. It's fun to be in that moment with everyone else and discussing it on Twitter and stuff like that. But also, I don't know. You're right. There's just too much stuff to occupy your time with that uh, it's hard to pick and choose. And it's especially hard to pay extra for something that you still might not get around to playing. So tough choice, but I do think divinity really good game translates well to uh, a touchscreen experience. If you have an iPad that can run it, um, that's a pretty sweet prospect kicking back on your couch and playing a game like this. You know what I mean? So um, I could see that being worth 25 bucks, and I could see the accessibility of having it be on the iPad be more of a reason you would you would go to play a game like this as opposed to like, eh, I could play it on Game Pass or something, you know? So um, I don't know. It's pretty cool. I think it's neat that this is a thing at all, but I unfortunately don't have an iPad that can even run it, so I don't know if it's good or not. <laughs> I mean, I know it's good, but um, yeah. I don't know if I'll ever buy a new iPad or not. I've never been an iPad person. I My iPad these days is basically a, a league of legends appliance like watcher yeah <laughs> well no the playing a uh, wild rift oh right 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 yeah, yeah yeah wild rift that's true um yeah i don't know i just never found a way to make an ipad fit into my lifestyle i'd rather do stuff on my phone or have my laptop which is equally as big as an ipad and yeah. just bust that out to do stuff it's easier so i don't know i just never found it but the m1s are um tempting 
But even though though all the reviews came out for those this week too, and it kind of sounds like um, they're too powerful. Like you can't even take advantage of how powerful an M1 is in an iPad yeah. because the iPad software like holds it back. Seems to be the, the consensus. It really makes so. me wonder, like if we're very close to like a a hybrid operating system between macOS and I iPad and think. Stuff. Apple's like resisted it for so long that I think at this point, just out of like their own pride, they won't do something like that, even though I think they should. Yeah, maybe. But, but I mean, I guess they could see like, um, God, what I don't remember what version of Windows they started kind of doing that, like Windows Vista, maybe where it was kind of yeah. like the like you could like if you had like a Windows Surface or whatever, like you could yeah. have it run like the full Windows experience. But like yeah. you use that. Um, God, what do they call their stupid? like more tablet friendly UI. I don't remember, but mm-hmm. like I know you could also that. turn that on on your PC if you wanted to, you know, and it was just right. kind of like right. one shared experience and like it was just a little bit different depending on the device you were using. And like that right. to me makes a lot of sense like moving forward on Apple stuff, but you know, who yeah. knows, we'll see. I mean, god, I would tell you I would be all over especially with the smart keyboards of the newer iPads or whatever that are really beefy and awesome and make the thing damn near a, a laptop anyway, I would be totally fine with buying that as being my laptop if I could run regular Mac OS when I wanted. Yeah. And then detach it and carry it around as a tablet and run iPad OS when I wanted or whatever. Like that is so appealing to me and I would drop the two grand or whatever it would cost to get the beefiest setup of that. Yeah. And hundred percent would that would be my computer, you know, like that, that yeah, would be exactly, I, I, you know, whatever. Cause I'm looking at my laptop right now, which I use for everything. And I can't imagine a reason like the whole top lid with the screen. Why doesn't that detach and be an iPad? You know yeah. what I mean? Like they're yeah. essentially the same size. So yeah. And, and now particularly like same guts under the hood, even, you know, it's like yeah. even less reason to keep yeah. them separate in my opinion. Whereas before it was like, Oh, well it's because this Mac laptop yeah. is based on Intel stuff and, yeah right everything else you know well i agree for a long time too the resistance or or the reason for for not doing something like this was like well you can't i don't think you can half-ass and have an operating system like try to cater to both at the same time i think that's a bad experience and i agree with that but i think being able to switch on the fly or even have it be like when your screen's attached to your keyboard it's mac os when you unattach it it goes to ipad os and you don't have the choice of doing either or something like that i would even be fine with because i probably wouldn't want to use mac os with just a touch screen you know what i mean i'd only want to use it when my keyboard and trackpad were were connected so yeah um something like that i i hope apple moves in that direction but they've said no for so long that i feel like i mean if anyone could come out and say no to something for that long and then do it and justify it and not feel like they were like yeah you know going back on something some their word or whatever apple's like the masters of doing that anyway so they just no be like, yeah they're... no we invented this we made yeah, yeah. We, we made this idea no they're extremely masters of the whole like people ask <laughs> for things for like a fucking decade yeah and then apple finally does it and people are like oh my god i can't believe apple like came up with this out of nowhere that's amazing yeah you know yeah. like like if they for instance like you know the rumors of course are swirling again about like um you know, some kind of like more consumer focused kind of like uh tower Mac, you know, like not a, not a, yeah. not a power Mac, but they call it, they've been calling it the X Mac for, which, you know, would be like a semi expandable Mac that you could, you know, change the video card out of or whatever. Like yeah. if they finally do that, people are going to be like, Oh my God, I can't believe Apple. This is an amazing idea. Like why didn't someone say this earlier or whatever? And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. if you follow fucking Mac community, people have been asking for this shit, like literally since 1999. So, right. 
It's very but, true. Uh, That's what they do. Oh, yeah. um, okay, let's zip through these last couple here. Um, so Call of Duty has been touting their big 80s action hero event, update thing, whatever. Um, it kicked off yesterday in all their active games, which is Black Ops Cold War, Warzone, and Call of Duty Mobile. Yep, I already uh, bought them in Warzone, baby. Spent $40 so you on skins. Like did you really? So Idiot. Um, the funny thing that... <clears throat> so this struck me as funny because like... Um, there was a couple different teasers for this and like teaser images when when we first posted about it. I think um, late last week, and um, all the all the stuff, all the promotional images and stuff like that. Everything shows Rambo, right? Mm-hmm. And so the whole thing is '80s action heroes. And by um, everything they've shown, it was supposed to be themed around Rambo and Die Hard. Because they showed like Nakatomi Plaza as being part of the map now, and some some of the scenes from Die Hard, like crawling through the vent or walking over broken glass, like so it was very obvious like Die Hard, but then also very obvious Rambo because they're showing Rambo left, right, and center. He's all over the place and all their promotional stuff. What wasn't all over the place was an actual John McClane that looks like Bruce Willis from the movie. Yeah. And so even that was even true when um, we posted these updated teasers this week that. Um, Shows Rambo everywhere, but not, shows no John McClane face. It only shows like clips of Die Hard stuff and like his body moving through the vent or something. But it never actually showed his face. And so I sort of suspected, I was like, I don't think they got the rights to use Bruce Willis's likeness, which I feel yeah. like throws such a wrench into this whole thing because, yeah, you can be Rambo or you can be like generic Die Hard guy, yeah. but not actually Bruce Willis or whatever. My, my um, friends I play Warzone with are talking about this last night because like, there just has to be some like weird licensing shit going on with the with the because like how much they minimize the fact that it's like obviously a Bruce Willis skin like makes me wonder if like <laughs> part of the the deal that they had with Bruce Willis was like they couldn't use his likeliness in advertising or something like that maybe yeah maybe because so so uh, he is actually in the game like yes. a very Bruce Willisy diehard uh, outfit, bloody, yeah. you know, and uh, top, I, all that stuff. I don't know how the uh, mobile game handles the different, like, uh, just random audio cues that your character makes. But like, when you yeah. play Warzone, like your guy says all sorts of diehard quotes, like as you like, you know, it's, playing, can you like, tell? Is it Bruce Willis's voice? Oh yeah, and, and it's totally out of place because like the <laughs> um, like it's very obviously him, just like just quotes from the like sound clips from the movie. Whereas like the other operators in the game have, you know, like very like thematically appropriate and they sound very similar and and everything else. Whereas you could tell they were like, Oh shit. Like what, what should he say if like the player like destroys a vehicle? It's like, uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like let's, let's look through the sound clips. We're able to welcome to the party, pal. (laughs) Yeah. It's shit like that. It's just like, it's so dumb. Yeah. Uh, that's funny because um, I couldn't tell from the – so first of all, I was like, I don't think they got Bruce Willis is like okay for this, but they're going to go in with, with diehard stuff anyway, um, which I thought was silly. But then based on the Rambo stuff they are showing too, I was like, I don't think that's Sylvester Stallone's voice. It sounds like an yeah, imposter see, I don't, copycat or whatever. I don't know But about it also that could one. just be like he was a lot younger in the Rambo days, yeah. so maybe he just sounded different back then or something. But I couldn't quite tell for sure if it was real – Sylvester Stallone voice or not. Yeah, neither, but, neither could I. Like, because I couldn't tell you the last time I saw the original Rambo. Whereas, like, no. watching Die Hard is like, you know, because it's like, uh, LOL, it's a Christmas movie. You know, like, I feel like we watch it. Uh, you know, yeah, just a fantastic like, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, 
I'm sure Rambo is too, but I like you. I haven't seen Rambo since I was like a kid, and I don't yeah. remember any. I couldn't even really. tell you what it's even about. Other than Sylvester Stallone has a huge <clears throat> machine gun, and you know, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, if you play any of the Call of Duty games, get your Rambo or Die Hard on. This again, uh, just spend it, a lot of money on. It. Seems <clears throat> even weirder that like these ecosystems are not all tied together. Like why? Tied. Why is the mobile stuff living on its own island? Where you know, it, I don't know. Particularly like when they're running the exact same event at the same time, you know, yeah. like that. Yeah. That seems really weird. I think the mobile version stuff is slightly different compared to what's in the console stuff. Yeah, but so. still, I mean, it's all one account, you know, like, like, so for instance, <laughs> right. like the way that the console stuff works now, well, PC too. Like, so if you play like the, you know, quote unquote, like real version of Call <laughs> of Duty, the event that they're having, that they're running right now to unlock everything, you need to play both games. Like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because like you know there's certain like tasks that you need to do but they're across both properties so like yeah, you're yeah. not gonna unlock the cool shit unless you're playing cold war and Warzone. and it okay. just seems like such an easy layup for them to get people playing the mobile game yeah to be like oh and if you really want the cool shit like yeah. you know do these simple things on the mobile game well how silly is it too to be like okay we're gonna you know entice you with all this stuff that makes you want to play both games when you're in front of your console or your PC or whatever. But when you're not, we also want to entice you to be on your phone playing this yeah, shit. Right. Like, you could be like a 24 seven call of duty playing because of, of them making you want to do it because all yeah. the, the unlock stuff, but Easy. they're not. So yeah, that seems crazy to me, but I don't know. Anywho, uh, last thing I had to talk about this week is that uh, Touch Grind Scooter has a release date. It's coming out on June 10th on iOS and then Android devices sometime after. Um, this was originally announced back in December with uh, basically the same teaser video that they re-released with a, a updated release date. But um, <clears throat> I don't know. This seems cool. I love the Touch Grind games. Um, I mentioned when I first wrote about this in December that touchscreen was a big reason that I got an iOS device in the first place. Yeah. And also a big reason I ended up being a big touch arcade forum person and then working for touch arcade. And so like in a weird roundabout way, I sometimes, I, I think you could, um, credit touch grind with leading me onto the path of go. my career for the last 10 plus years, which I feel like is a weird thing. But, um, so yeah, the original Touch Grind game was a skateboard game, a fingerboarding game, basically. And it was a really cool kind of tech demo-y thing, not so much a good game. Um, and then they made Touch Grind BMX, which is more like a third-person viewpoint, but same sort of like um, finger gesture, manipulating your bike to do tricks type thing. And it worked way better in third-person. And then they brought that to skating with Touch Grind Skate 2, where they used skateboarding, but also the third person perspective and that was a fantastic game too um and then the most recent game was a touch grind bmx2 or most recent game in this series at least was touch grind bmx2 which same thing was really good um so i thought it was funny when they first announced this scooter game because i'm like really scooters like i love electric scooters but these push scooter things like i'm not a big fan and i feel like it's way dorkier of a thing to do than skateboarding or bmx biking so um, why not make an, another touch grind skate or another touch grind BMX? I don't know. They wanted to go scooter. Maybe that allows for them to do some different gameplay stuff in terms of tricks and things like that. Um, already one of the big new features they showcased in a, a, a second clip on their YouTube um, is that you're able to ride fakie on a scooter, which kind of makes sense. I mean, biking, like if you ever watch like people do BMXing on like half pipes and stuff, um, 
sometimes they'll land backwards and kind of make it work. You know what I mean? But you still yeah. have to kind of like flip yourself around at some point and be going forward again, especially with the pedals and stuff. So um, scooters, you kind of don't have that problem. You could land backwards and you're kind of standing on it like a skateboard deck, right? And so you yes, could sort of yeah. drive backwards for a little bit, which is what you can do in this game. You can actually go up ramps fakey and do tricks and stuff that way. And so in that sense, it's kind of like a weird hybrid between skateboard and BMXing. So I kind of get why they did the scooter thing. Like, it definitely offers some new opportunities. Um, and, of course, they built a whole bunch of new levels and stuff, and they always build really cool levels um, to cruise around and, and grind and slide and stuff. So I don't know. I back it. I think Touch Grind Scooter looks pretty cool. Um, I will definitely check it out on June 10th when it launches on iOS. Yeah, Big fan of all even, the games in the series. So. I don't even know if scooter tricks are – I mean, maybe I haven't been to a skate park in – all i know is like so i don't even know if it's like similar to like a bike though like a tail whip and a bar spin like what else can you really do but in touchscreen bmx at least you could do like backflips and stuff so you could probably do all that same sort of stuff but um i don't know we'll see it'll be interesting to see but cool to see the touchscreen series continue on um that's all i had to talk about this week i think at this point we probably are running a little long so yeah Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. And as always, we are primarily supported through our listeners and our readers and our viewers. So if you like what we do, want to see us continue doing it, please check out patreon.com forward slash Tetracade. Consider throwing a little support our way, even as little as a dollar a month. Every little bit helps. Um, also, you can do your Amazon shopping through toucharcade.com forward slash Amazon. And you can check out Game Club, a free trial uh, using the banner on our front page. Um, iOS or Android, try out a month of the world's best gaming subscription service known to man. Also, thanks again for Ben for emailing us. If you want to shoot us an email, podcast at toucharcade.com. We love getting emails, and uh, you never know. You might send us off into a 45-minute tangent of talking about all sorts of weird stuff. Hell yeah. Thanks, Ben. All right. Thanks again for listening, and we will be back with another episode of the Touch Arcade Show next week. See ya. 